This is episode number 35 of the Polyglot Developer Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Raboy. In this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Leonard Franzel from IBM, and we're going to be talking about the blockchain. Slow your roll for just a second, because we're not going to be talking about cryptocurrency and the blockchain. We're going to be actually talking about developing applications on the blockchain. So throw away all all of what you're thinking about getting out of this episode in terms of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and altcoins and all of that stuff, because it is definitely not going to be the focus of this particular episode. So you might be wondering, well, what's with all of the IBM interviews? So to answer that question, IBM actually has a lot of cool products, a lot of products that are very relevant for a lot of different ways to develop or do DevOps. So don't think of this as a product plug. Think of this as just another cool technology that also happens to have availability in the IBM cloud. With that said, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, I'm with Leonard Frantzell and we're gonna be talking about blockchain development. But before we get into the core material of this particular episode, I wanna give Leonard a chance to introduce himself. So how are you doing, Leonard? Hi there, Nick. I'm doing fine, thanks. So why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself? So, I mean, what are you currently working on or where do you live? Anything you want to share with the, with the listeners to get an idea of yourself? I do the best I can. So I'm a programmer in San, in San Francisco, living in the heart of Silicon Valley. I was born in Sweden, started out studying classical Chinese and philosophy, got a PhD, and then I switched to computers because everyone around me did. And it's something I never regretted. I then came to Silicon Valley in the depth of the AI winter, if you know what that was. Just in time for the 1989 Roma earthquake. And switched to expert systems, object-oriented programming, healthcare IT, which I loved. And then my father was a renowned radiologist, which may be the reason for why I loved healthcare so much. And I ultimately did internet programming and the cloud. I have three kids, and my three-year-old granddaughter knows more about smartphones than I do. <laughs> That's all I can think of. So you 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 said you have a PhD in Chinese. Is that is that what I heard? classical Chinese and philosophy? Well, yes, that's a that's quite a shift to get into development. No, you know it really wasn't because it's kind of similar in a way in understanding language. In the case of Chinese, of course, it was Chinese classical Chinese. In the case of computers, it's computer languages. So it's surprisingly easy to switch from one to the other, at least from computer from Chinese to computers. So um, in terms of the type of development that you do, so um, is, are you primarily doing like healthcare development? I mean, what's, what's your hobby or what are you, are you developing anything outside of work? No, not really. I don't have time for that, but I'm a developer advocate with IBM currently yeah. focusing on blockchain. And that is a really keen interest I have. So that's consuming the majority of your time then right now, right? It really is because it's, it's such a virgin field, if you will. And so much is going on here, especially in the heart of Silicon Valley that, and up and down the West Coast. So uh, it's pretty much an all-time um, all uh, pursuit. I do have some questions on that as we progress to the show on, on you being an early adopter. But before we even get to that point, why don't you kind of give your explanation on what the blockchain is? That's a very simple thing, question to answer in a way. What it is, is a shared ledger, just like the, you use for your checkbook or whatever. And it's a ledger that is shared, and that is the big innovation here, that usually when we use ledgers, we use ledger, if you and I were to do business together, I would use one ledger and you would use the other. 
we would have to keep them in sync, which is a major, major problem for ledgers. And the innovation here is that the ledger is shared. So you and I, in this case, would use the same ledger. And if we did business with a third person, you and I would have to agree that if I say that we're going to spend so and so much money and put something on the ledger, you would have to say, yes, I agree. And then first then, can we update the ledger? I cannot update it on my own. And therefore, the, uh, the risk of uh, problems diminishes. So is it like a notary then? Like you have, uh, you have to get a notary to witness it or something? You and I would agree with it on between ourselves. It's a we would have a business network, and we would have to sh agree to whatever we do on the ledger. Sure. Uh, so so then then go on. I, I cut you off. I think. No, no, that's fine. It was conceived by an, an anonymous person named Satoshi Nakamoto, who may or may not be Japanese, or maybe a man, or maybe a woman. We don't know. But it was a world-shaking innovation that he came up with just by having the ledgers be shared. And blockchain is a peer-to-peer -peer network with consensus. In other words, as I said, we have to agree. Provenance, whatever stays on the, goes on the blockchain, stays on the blockchain forever. And that means that if I want to know, for instance, when, this, when we had this talk, you and I, I could go and look on the blockchain, it would say it was today. There is no way for you to change it or for me to change it. And that is another innovation for blockchain. And it promises a world without middlemen which is what something Satoshi Nakamoto wanted very much. Now, I, I mean, I'm not I'm de by far not an expert when it comes to the blockchain, but I've often heard people ref uh, kind of compare it to uh, the process that you would a Git repository, uh, where you, you've got uh, hashes on each commit, things like that. Would, would you say that that's completely wrong, or, or is it a similar kind of concept? It's a, good, it's a good analogy, yes. It's a good analogy. I mean, the idea here is everything has to be secure, and the people in the network have to agree to whatever they're doing. And you and I are running the same code on yeah. our laptops for blockchain. So if I, for instance, go, go in here and try to update one of the blocks because I feel like doing so, I want to do something illegal, you will immediately be up notified that somebody, in this case me, is fid fidgeting with the blockchain and trying to change the block. Then you will know right away and can put, can put a stop to that. So it's not like in, in Git where you can like uh, rebase the repository and do uh, get, get rid of commit history? It's, no, it's oh, no, no, my God, no. <laughs> whatever you put on the blockchain stays on the blockchain. Perfect. So I think a lot of people's exposure to the, the word blockchain is probably around cryptocurrency. Uh, what, what can you tell me about how they relate together? Well, cryptocurrency, of course, was the first thing that, that uh, Satoshi Nakamoto wanted to put on the blockchain, so to speak. But blockchain can be used for any kind of digital items that you want to put on the blockchain. So you can put cryptocurrencies there, and you do. But you, it, it's, a, it's a transport mechanism, if you will. So anything that is digital, it can be digital. Uh, it, it could be uh, yeah, anything that you can think of that is in digital format can be put on the blockchain and traded in, in a sense. Now, when, when, you, when you say blockchain, are we referring to one single blockchain or are we referring to possibly many different blockchains that, that do ever, other things? No, every block, all the blockchains are, have the same structure, really. There are differences, but they are not noticeable, at least not in this case. So that what you have is you have a blockchain that you can transport things on or you can, it's, it's like a log file, if you will. Yeah. You can put on, on, on the blockchain. And then the reason you want to do that is because you want to have security and you want to make certain that it is a, all, all the transactions there can be traced back to the origin. 
So that if I, for instance, again, say something, we talk very much about fake news now. Yeah. You could use this to track fake news. So if I say something that is wrong, you could trace it back to the origin and see that actually I didn't say that. I said something else. Somebody tried to fake me out. Oh, interesting. Um, so then, I mean, in regards to like you mentioned, uh, kind of like a log file, um, would you say that maybe there would be one blockchain for uh, maybe real estate, one for finance, one like, or would they all, I'm trying to figure out if they would all coexist on, on one single blockchain that, that maybe has different subject areas. Oh, no, no, no. They would be one for each. They would be one, one for, each. for each business case, if you will. Yeah. For, for if you and I have a blockchain here for trading um, computers, we would have another one maybe down in uh, Los Angeles for the same thing. Or so we would have thousands of blockchains. Sure. So then when it comes to development, I mean, is there like one strategy? Is, is everything a fork of one single source of uh, blockchain material? Or uh, are people like writing their own blockchain and uh, moving forward with that? Can, can you maybe shed some light on the whole development aspect of things? Yeah, first of all, of course, blockchain is, um, uh, will be the same in principle at a high level for all, all the blockchains. But you and I could create a new blockchain. No problem. And uh, since it's open source, you know, that is happening all the time. There are lots and lots of various blockchains. But for in this case, uh, therefore, you can, the way you, you update them and so forth is the same. But the content of them, what they will, for instance, if they will be dealing with agriculture or, or healthcare or something, can be totally different. Sure. And, and anything I say, as far as a question, I mean, a lot of these are going to be really silly questions because this is a new subject for me. Um, if, if I'm saying it wrong, please, please correct me. Oh, don't worry. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, say, say we, we have this open source blockchain that somebody's developed somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, say, I mean, what, what language is this typically, that, uh, the blockchain itself? It can, be, it can be Java. It can be uh, JavaScript. It can be a number of languages. Sure. And then when you develop for the blockchain, like your applications on top of it, are you using the same technology that the underlying blockchain was built on? Or can you can you develop um, using different technologies? You can use it? your own language if you want to. Yes. And very often, keep in mind, this is a misunderstanding very often that blockchain is kind of a closed garden, a walled in garden. Sure. When if you and I again do a blockchain application, uh, say for healthcare. Then yeah. uh, we will uh, use the data. We would put certain data, say patient data, on the blockchain, but other data that is very voluminous, like for instance, that, that uh, X-rays, for instance, of course, the X-ray digital yeah. X-rays could never be put on the blockchain because it would be too much, much too big, and slow down the blockchain. So we're yeah. talking about on on chain and off chain. Where on chain is very small amounts of data that we put on the on the blockchain, very very small amounts. Certainly uh, minor amounts, really. But then they, we can point to uh, x-rays that are stored off-chain. And then, therefore, we have the same result. We can get to the x-rays, but we don't have to put them all on the blockchain. Sure. Uh, so this, you mentioned healthcare. You, you mentioned uh, the fake news stuff prior. Uh, I can see where the fake news stuff would be super relevant. And I've never heard that, uh, that kind of... Uh, analogy before if you can say that uh, but where why, where would it make sense for for healthcare for because you just do that example why why would i want to store stuff on the blockchain if i'm in healthcare versus just a regular database or s3 or whatever whatever normal application people would typically use 
Well, again, this has to do with the fact that we want to make certain that the data put on there, we know it stays on the, on the blockchain. So for instance, in this case, uh, if whatever we, we put there will be safe and secure for as long as we want it to be. And uh, whatever healthcare data we put on an ordinary database can be changed, can be modified, and can just be, there can be mistakes there that cannot be modified, cannot be changed and updated. So blockchain is always a best case scenario where you want to make certain that the data is absolutely secure. Maybe I'm not thinking far enough out, and I'm just going to keep pulling you until you tell right me up, to, to stop off. Um, but uh, what 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 kind of scenario would would you not want your healthcare data to be changed? I mean, why? I'm looking for very specific on. Oh, wow, that's that's an amazing reason to to store healthcare on, on the blockchain kind of thing. Well, for uh, for the healthcare records themselves, uh, it is important sure. that, that I can go back and see that. Uh, Twenty years ago, for instance, you had uh, you had something wrong with something, and and you took this medicine, and everything uh, can be seen in detail. Can you do it without the blockchain? You can do anything without the blockchain if you really want to. Yeah. But blockchain is a simpler way in today's with today's technology to do so. It's like writing in Python rather than in in assembler, for instance. Sure. So that's really why uh, blockchain is uh, the best case choice for a number of areas where we were quite happy using old-fashioned technology before. I mean, why even use the, the, the web, for instance, you know, you could sure. use the, do the same thing. So it's, the funny thing here is that when we have events or when I have events, this yeah. is a discussion we get into all the time. <laughs> all right. Some people were saying, why can't you do something else? Another thing, let me just add one thing here. Blockchain yeah. is open source. And therefore, if we're saying that, well, is it secure? Uh, the answer is, well, it is secure. And if it is, don't you, if you don't believe it is secure, take your sharpest programmers, have them go through the code, and they tell, will tell you if it's secure because they can see in the code. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of open source, right? That's right. <laughs> if you don't, if you think something's off, you go look into it yourself. Yeah, and, and fix it if you want to. Yeah, exactly. No, I love it. Um, when it comes to um, actually like maintaining i guess the blockchain so i mean this is an open source piece of software um you you're obviously going to have multiple copies since you said it's peer-to-peer -peer. Mm -hmm. um what does it take to keep track or keep this thing running like it's a it's like a is it a federated system unfederated i don't know i i do you, do you kind of understand the uh, where i'm going with this particular question i mean what 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 kind of resources is necessary to to um, be a part of the blockchain, right. I guess. Well, for, first of all, if we start with the open source version of, of a blockchain, Hyperledger Fabric, which is the one that IBM supports, it's not ours, but we support it. Yeah. Then, then uh, you can run it on your laptop. And actually, I run it on my laptop here. It's very, very uh, easy to do to install. It's, it's very small, it has a small footprint. And uh, you can then daisy chain laptops. We, you and I could have our laptops talk to each other, for instance, and, and do it that way. But for blockchain uh, today, the, the best place to put it is really on in the cloud. And we have sure. in, all the clouds really support blockchain now. And uh, they have very good installations. And it's just a matter of spinning up the images. And then you're in business. So I, I do want to get more into the IBM blockchain stuff for sure, because this is, this is going to be huge um, when it comes to having somebody else manage your blockchain for you. So that way you don't have to have to be burdened with it. Right. Um, but I mean, is uh, 
I guess, can you walk me through before we even get into the hosting side of things? Can you walk me through what it takes to maybe interact with the blockchain through some kind of uh, computer code? Like, what's the process? Well, to interact with it, you won't even you don't even know that there is a blockchain underlying what, what you are where you are sure. uh, to, you are talking to, so to speak. This could be, for instance, now a reservation system for something, maybe an yeah. airline reservation system, and you are interacting with it, and you have an ordinary uh, computer screen with an ordinary GUI for any other uh, type of application. So you have no idea that there is a blockchain involved. And then you may be working with the blockchain. You may be a customer of the blockchain for a decade without knowing it. Sure. But let's say let's say that I'm, I'm uh, some developer somewhere. I'm developing a Node.js application since JavaScript is very popular. Right. Um, I'm, I'm interested in using the blockchain instead of uh, a database. Uh, am I... Am I um, doing HTTP requests to the blockchain? Am I doing, what's the signing procedure to make sure that um, I am who I say I am and that this data is not uh, malicious in some sense? That is, handled, that is handled by the blockchain itself. You would identify sure. yourself to the blockchain and it will, sure. it will make certain that you, you have the proper credentials. So that is so you, in good shape, yes. I was just gonna say, so you're just, you're just sending requests to the blockchain and the blockchain itself is doing all the, the heavy lifting then. No, exactly right. All you're, all you're going to tell the blockchain is, for instance, that uh, this patient, if we now stick with the healthcare, uh, has yeah. just, has, we have just prescribed so and so much uh, medicine to this, this patient in such and such yeah. quantities. And uh, you press a button and uh, you, know, you may be first asked to identify yourself and uh, you will have to enter uh, your credentials. And after that, it is just ordinary processing as, as you would with any other computer program. And these credentials would be a, like a, a private public key combination right, or something exactly. else. Right, exactly. Private public key is, is the way to do it. Perfect. And um, so then I guess let's, let's dive into the IBM side of things. So does IBM Cloud have its own hosted uh, solution for the blockchain? Yes, it does. And it's not, uh, you know, I just came from a meeting yesterday with a group of people here in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And uh, I pointed out, they said that, well, you know, I told them that, you know, you, you can use the IBM cloud for, for running blockchain here. And they said that, well, we're not so keen on doing that because there are other clouds. And we just think you're trying to sell us the IBM cloud. And I pointed out to them that today the uh, IBM blockchain runs on every cloud, essentially. So this is a new thing. It's a federated system, if you will. And so that, uh, yeah, that was the terminology I was looking for earlier. I wasn't sure if that was the terminology, um, but, but go on. No, yeah. So, so this is very simple. I mean, you know, you may say that, well, I'm more used to the AWS blockchain. And so I, I put my blockchain on AWS and uh, I can use, I know the commands better than, or, or the Google Cloud or Azure. So this is a big uh, innovation now, shall we say, that you can use any cloud you want to and you can get the same result. Just put the hyperledger fabric on, on any cloud you want to and off you go. So is it, is it, a, is it like a package that you install or is this... Uh... No, they um, already have support for it. You don't have to oh. install anything at all. You just spin them up. It's a service. You spin up the service and off, off you go. So you're saying Azure and AWS all support this IBM, uh, what did yes. you call it, IBM Fabric? Yes, sir. Wow, that's interesting. And what, what would be the reasoning on why they would want to do such a thing to, to um, advertise other products? I mean... Well, I mean, the, we are living in a new cloud world where you cannot yeah. just keep your cloud to yourself. This is this makes sense. Everybody makes money of it, hopefully, and then um, that's the way it uh, has been architected for that reason. Makes sense. So, just to be clear, you're calling this is called the uh, IBM Blockchain Fabric. Is is this what's the true name? 
Yeah, Hyperledger Fabric is the open source version. Hy Hyperledger Fabric. Yes. Um, all right, sounds good. So if you are using this on one of the clouds, your IBM cloud, mm -hmm. um, I assume that there's some kind of SDK available for various programming languages? Yes. Is it all of the all of the major programming languages, or is, or is it a small subset? It's a small subset of this. Java, JavaScript, and, and uh, so forth. Just a few languages. Cool. So then uh, when working with this, um, you would go through any kind of authentication uh, mechanism that uh, AWS has or IBM Cloud or Azure, right? Right. No, exactly. Yes. This is, this is pretty cool. So then what does it take? I mean, obviously, you're not going to know AWS pricing or Azure pricing since you're at IBM. But I mean, say I wanted to get involved with uh, IBM Cloud and uh, the Hyperledger Fabric. Uh, what what would that cost me as a developer or an organization? That's something that I cannot answer because I really don't really know. What I am, you know, in the fortunate situation not to have to pay for it. Yeah, is there a free tier then? Maybe you know very well that you should ask. There is a free tier, and this is actually something that is very nice these days that you can get the free tier for on a number of clouds, but certainly for the IBM cloud, and it's going to be free for as long as you you want to use it. But on the other hand. It is not all the services, and some of the services, like the blockchain services, is quite large and, and it uses quite a lot of resources. So for that reason, you cannot use the free service for, to, to run IBM Cloud, in the IBM Cloud. And th this is, just to be clear, because the blockchain has exceeded a certain size, or what you're right. trying to add yeah. to the blockchain is no, no, exceeding a certain size? The size and the resource requirements. Sure. So then, I guess, back, back to storing stuff on the blockchain then. Is there, are there recommendations on what you should and shouldn't put on the blockchain? Is there any kind of concern for privacy? Um, or maybe you're worried about putting, you said uh, previously people are storing very small amounts of information. Yes, um, privacy is a major concern. You are not allowed to do that, GDPR uh, and such things. So that, 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 that you cannot do. For instance, again, if, I, if we talk about now a record service yeah. uh, for a hospital where you have a patient, I would not be allowed to store your name and any information that could be used to identify you on the blockchain. Instead, I have to use just a, you know, some kind of number scheme, but then point to your actual name that would be stored in, say, an IBM DB2 database of record. Sure. So, so then the stuff that you put on the blockchain, is, it's not uh, encrypted or it's just uh, still too... It still doesn't pass the, uh, I think it's HIPAA compliance that the hospitals require. It is still does not uh, require the, this meet the requirements. No, that's, that's correct. All right, perfect. Uh, so then, I mean, are there other, other security concerns or privacy concerns related um, to the blockchain in general? I mean, not, not necessarily specific to the Hyperledger fabric that IBM offers? I'm trying to think. Not that I can think of. I mean, it is, blockchain is secure by itself, of course. It is encrypted and, and all of those things above. So um, there's nothing else you need to wor make be worry about. On the other hand, you have to understand what all the, the new laws are, the GDPR and such, yeah. things, and how that will impact you. So that this is not something you can just hack and um, and create on your own. You need to have a development team of say five people or something like that, with somebody who is understands security and uh, cryptography and such things to make certain that your your system is correctly configured. Sure. So this is this is more of a question around you than anything, I think. So you're you're probably an early adopter to these these blockchain technologies. 
mean, what what's your experience been like? I remember a few years back when when Bitcoin was blowing up, I tried to get into the blockchain and it was so over my head. It made me want to flip some tables because I, everyone was trying to learn it at the same time and there was no kind of good information around it. What's your experience been like? Well, in the beginning, the, the hype was just uh, enormous. I mean, it was the, the, the worst hype, so to speak, I think I've ever seen, for, 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 certainly for many decades. But uh, what's happened now is an interesting flip. The uh, hype has disappeared, more or less, but at the same time, um, the product is becoming much more mature. Sure. And now we, have seen, we are seeing real uh, heavy-duty applications rolling off the presses, so to speak, while the hype is much less. So this is a good has, development, and has, uh, we are seeing lots and lots and lots of, of, of uh, applications coming. And these are not just kind of frivolous applications, you know, small applications sure. like for the world, but applications that really do a lot of good for society and for mankind. And uh, I think we're going to see much more of that coming as, as, we, as the years go along here now. Has the hype damaged the credibility of the blockchain at all? I remember that it was, it was so popular a few years back that Every company said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get on the blockchain. We're gonna start our own blockchain, things like that." And now that uh, I mean, it was just so much hype. Do you feel like people have, have backed down, or now now the serious people are still involved? Or- now the serious people are still involved, and I mean, the, we have to re- remember this: that all computer languages and computer systems go through a yeah. learning curve and go through a maturation curve. And I mean, the, it used to be said that you should never use a product before version four. Yeah. And it's the same thing here with, with blockchain, especially Hypilative Fabric, which I'm working with, that now for the first time, it is really a mature product. You can write serious applications with it. I mean, enterprise applications, and they work, and they are fast. They are almost as fast as, as you can imagine. So uh, the begin, in the beginning, people were really naive. They thought that they could do any, anything and write simple applications and use them for in, inappropriate things. Yeah. Now uh, we, people understand that this is something. This is a really enterprise system. It has to have enterprise knobs on it, for instance, so you can actually work, write serious applications. And uh, what's going, what's happening is it's all for the good. I think there is nothing um, bad about all these applications that come out, and the fact that we there is less hype. The hype hypesters have gone elsewhere, so to speak. That's that's good to hear. Um, so then I guess uh, you you kind of mentioned it, but I guess. <laughs> If if somebody were saying today that they wanted to build something on the blockchain, mm-hmm. what what kind of scenarios would you tell them are not appropriate and you should go figure out some other kind of technologies to use because it would be better suited for the job? Is there anything that's not not best suited for the blockchain is what I'm trying to say. Let me put it a little bit different. So it's the same yeah. what you said, but I think but what you should do is write supply chain applications. Supply chain is blockchain sweet spot. Anything to do with supply chain is going to be admirably fit for blockchain. Or sure. Blockchain is admirably fit for that. So supply chain, supply chain, supply chain. And among supply chain, the applications that are the easiest to start with are coffee applications. You, you heard me right, coffee applications. That coffee. Track the, the, the coffee plantation, from the coffee plantations to the, the streets, in Bro- the coffee shops in Brooklyn, for instance. And you can take those and you can then just um, clone it because it's open source and you start there rather than starting with Hello World. Yeah. So there are, there are demos that, that use this coffee example, then, is what you're saying. Exactly. And not your demos, real applications that are used for, for real. And it's, it's, there are lots of, lots of them. Everybody seems to want to cut their, 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 their um, teeth on, on, on coffee applications for blockchain. 
that's such a str- strange, uh, strange use case, man. <laughs> uh, I would have never thought. No right. Uh, so, I mean, is there anything that we missed that you really wanted to talk about to, to the developers of this audience um, about the blockchain or your experience or any kind of uh, things that you that you wish you knew back then that you know now uh, that you could save them a lot of hassle? Well, I think this, the, the first thing is this, that do get involved because this is new technology. It is a very exciting technology. It consists of the latest and greatest for insect in cryptography and in a lot of, lot of technologies. So get involved. Blockchain is, is, has a, will have a lot of impact on other technologies surrounding it and other product development. And for instance, um, uh, you know, there are lots and lots of examples of this thing. Uh, so uh, get involved and on the other hand, take it seriously and do write some, some cool applications because you're going to really enjoy what you're doing and you may be able to become rich and famous doing this thing because there's, it's, it's, you can hook it up, for instance, with IoT devices, with AI and create really, really cool applications that nobody really has thought about before that is made possible by blockchain. Blockchain is an enabler that is uh, very, very, very interesting to work with. Have you made anything cool? I am working on it. <laughs> care, to, care to tell any kind of uh, sneak peeks? or IoT and blockchain together because you can take another IoT device and you can send the, the data to the blockchain and blockchain can store it. Then you can have AI devices that, that um, uh, manage the data and come up with interesting in, innovations in the healthcare space, for instance. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the healthcare since that's a huge part of your life. Right, uh, right. No, no, I, I hear you. No, that's a that's a great that's a great thing when you can uh, when you can develop for things that you're really passionite about. No, exactly, uh, and it's especially since it is so cheap to do it because it is free, and you can do it on your laptop. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Uh, well, I appreciate Leonard that you took the time to be on this podcast. Um, I know that I myself had uh, a lot of questions around blockchain. It's been uh, kind of a puzzle for me uh, over the years. Um, so you definitely helped me out there. All right, uh, thanks. Maybe in the future, as we progress, uh, we get you back on the show to see how uh, the blockchain has changed over the oh, years. Absolutely. Yes, that'd be my, my pleasure. For anyone that was interested in the blockchain, I'm hoping that Leonard was able to clear things up for you and hopefully avoid going down that cryptocurrency hype rabbit hole. If you found this episode of the podcast to be valuable to you, it would mean a lot to me if you went into iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it from, as long as it allows for a review or rating, go ahead and drop it a five-star rating, hopefully, if you enjoyed it, and maybe even said something nice about the show, so that way future listeners can get an idea of what they're getting themselves into when they listen to the Polyglot Developer Podcast. So like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'm going to be doing quite a few interviews with people who work for IBM. This is not only because IBM offers quite a few products and services, but these are experts in the various fields. So whether that be Kubernetes or OpenShift or blockchain or machine learning, IBM has a lot of good people. And these are very talented individuals that are experts and are able to really relay this information to you, the listener, on this particular podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like to see on this particular podcast, shoot me a message. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, My Twitter handle is at nraboy, so N-R-A-B-O-Y. Just drop me a message. Tell me what you'd like to see, and I'll try to make it happen. I'll try to find a guest that specializes in that particular area if I don't uh, know about that particular area myself. Um, And hopefully, 
everything will work out and we'll have some exciting new content on the show. And that concludes episode number 35.